That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far on Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestle Alongside for the ride is the boat, he's told me to say this, the best of all time. Lana has nothing on him or Natty. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> JC. Thank you for being with us, JC. That's a good one. That is one. I've heard of many, like, boat puns and everything else in my time, but that is a new one in Nestle I really like that one. I tripped over that one, didn't I? Oh, well. No, I like it. Best of all time, boat. I like it. I like. Well, it. I don't. Sign I don't up. have a TikTok, nor should I. Uh, you and I be wearing matching outfits like <laughs> Lana and Natty, but I'm sure we'll discuss that oh at some point God. in this program. So I just thought it was funny. You're a boat. It's a boat. It's funny. Let's move into something that's actually good. Let's get into the shine. Let's get into the best part of the week. Uh, I would be remiss to say that uh, we say Mandy ah, uh, and I assume that's where you'd probably want to start. Well, uh, I was going to start on Raw, but let's start on SmackDown, because SmackDown did have some very good stuff, and uh, I think you're hitting on one of the stronger parts right there, and that is short-haired Mandy returning, but obviously before that, we had a dirt sheet. Sonya's promo on the dirt sheet was very good. She continues to do very solid work in the promo department. She was interrupted by the heavy boys, but of course, during that match later in the night, which I thought it was weird that the match was later, I assumed it would be after commercial, but that's neither here nor there. I get why they wanted it in the main event-ish. So, uh, during the match, short-haired Mandy returns. She beat the shit out of Sonya. And WrestleMania, this little feud has been going on for months, but man, it still has the fire. Listen, I, I, I don't like to say how great I am on this program, but uh, I believe okay. Anessa Hope was that uh, her hair would be cut. That was last week. Uh, and I think that this week she returned with a short haircut, and uh, I was pretty excited about it. Uh, I think that Sonya had an amazing, amazing uh, gripe on the dirt sheet, which I'm always concerned when it's a dirt sheet versus it's a Miz TV. I don't see a difference, honestly, because John Morrison follows the Miz everywhere no matter what. So it is what it is. Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I felt like the one thing I did want to state, and correct me if I'm wrong, did they make a joke about Mandy's hair? They said Mandy's hair, right? Did they make... Did they make a joke about Mandy's I'm, hair? Yes, they made a lot of jokes about Mandy's yeah. hair. They had a hair doll. I was going to say, I feel like they did something very similar in a different dirt sheet. So I was I was sitting here going, this is a little rerunish. Thank God Sonya came out and did her thing. And then the heavy boys came out after, you know, a pun or two or 45. But again, the matchup, like you said, main event, not necessarily my main event, as we would say in this program. But, uh, you know, it, I, I figured there, there was the big reveal because, you know, they were doing things the whole night talking about how nobody's seen Mandy. She hasn't posted anything on social media. I'm sitting to myself, saying to myself rather, oh God, they're going to say this to the end. Thank God it wasn't a six-person tag because that would have drove me insane if it was a six-person tag. Uh, well, so that's, that's my next point is I don't think we're going to get a one-on-one -on -one match between Mandy and Sonya at SummerSlam because I think we're going to get a six-person tag at SummerSlam. I think we really are. I think they're going to slow play this feud because I know it's good. And with the Miz and Morrison still being involved with Sonya, I think it makes a lot of sense that that's where we're heading in a couple weeks. Well, look, we talked about it right off the program because it was something that we wanted to see, so we're trying to stay positive about it. So I, as, as I'm legally obligated to the shine, I have to be positive <laughs> about this because we placed it in the shine. Uh, let's hope that it continues to be one of the, my favorite things in the world because I believe Sonya is first class when she opens her mouth and talks, and I think she's amazing at what she's doing, and I think a lot of people sleep on her or slept on her uh, for a long period of time, and it's nice to see her get more TV time and more mic time because anybody can wrestle in my opinion or learn the holds but it's a lot more different to cut a promo that's effective and showing emotion especially in your facial expressions and stuff like that and uh she just seems like she's in her groove and this is a very comfortable spot for her 
and I love it. Like, obviously, Mandy, you know, you got to have a good dance partner in terms of, like, story. You got to have something. And obviously, when you beat up your best friend, you hit a little harder, whether it's physically or emotionally or verbally. You hit a little harder, maybe below the belt. So, again, I'm with you on this train. I will uh, not jump off just yet, and I'm hoping that uh, it gets to a point of uh, even more ugliness, is what I will say. All right. Well, there was something else I loved on SmackDown, too, but... I think we'd be remiss not to jump over to Raw at this point, because for me, there were two things that really, really stood out. Would you like to start at the beginning of the story in WrestleMania or the end? So you enjoyed the beginning of Raw or the end of Raw is what you're telling me? Yes. So which one would you like to begin with? Well, as I said previously, uh, three minutes ago, I'm legally obligated to be positive in the shine apparently now, uh, but uh, if you're going <laughs> to bring up the beginning... Uh, Feel like how okay look at this first this first half hour of raw nestlemania was fucking awesome this is mandy and sonia have an amazing feud but right now the hottest thing it's dominic whether you like dominic or not whether you like seth or not this feud is fucking super hot fire that was the best contract signing they have had in forever stuff actually happened it led to something i felt it seth come was good even dominic's little fucking 30 seconds was the best He's done. The fact that they mentioned that Joe couldn't get involved, I thought was a nice touch or else he'd be fired because I thought that added to the segment as he had to watch as Dominic was brutalized. Dominic took such an incredible beating. Um, the Seth shimmy match was in there for whatever. But, I mean, Dominic got a little bit of stuff in there on the one-on-two, but like most things, the numbers game always wins. But Nestlemania, you have to at least respect the man now after that beating he took. Come on, give it to him. I think he deserved more punishment. He deserves props. He deserves more punishment. Oh, my God. 30, 30 hits in a kendo stick. He could have had 60. You were out of no, your look, mind. No, look, 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 look. Out of your no, mind. No, I'm not out of my mind. Let's think. Look, 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 look. Did, did, did he earn my respect? Absolutely. I've been hit with a kendo stick plenty of times. It fucking hurts. And I've been hurt. I've been hit by people who swing baseball bats, like, as a profession almost, like, Minor league baseball players hitting me with a kendo sticks like it it fucking hurts. And especially when people hit like like Buddy, who clearly hasn't like touched a kendo stick probably a lot of the times, he hit him the wrong way, which when you hit somebody the wrong way, hurts actually a lot more than if you connected properly. So I can tell you from experience, having somebody that doesn't know what they're doing actually really hurts a lot more. The 30 licks, to me, I thought that was nice. I, I after a while I thought to myself, Okay, they're, they're, you know, they kept saying, paying your dues, paying your dues, paying your dues, because I'm sure, I'm sure there's whispers behind him when he walks through the back and people are like, why is this fucking guy getting him? Of course there so is. The fact, yep. So the fact that he get 30 licks, like, I, I think people are like, okay, like at the very least, now I know why he has a SummerSlam spot. Is his music good? I'm sure we'll talk about that at some other point. I didn't think it was a jam yet, but, uh, you know, there was no Booyaka Booyaka. Um... It's music, though. He finally has music. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's something. Uh, I, I think here's here's my, not it's not a gripe. It's just something I've learned over the years, and I think it's something that we all have to be cognizant of. The fact that Seth Rollins said, listen, I'll let you have the tool. I'll let you have all the tools in the toolbox. You know, when you have something like that, and I, I've learned this from promoting shows and being part of the behind the scenes and stuff like that, when somebody's hurt or somebody's not as capable, again, he's only, what, 19, 20? He doesn't know enough. Um, sometimes you put people, yeah, you put somebody in a street fight, you put somebody with, you know, the gaga, the gimmick and all that stuff on top of it to mask, no pun intended, all the stuff that he can't do right away. Now, I, I will I be pleasantly surprised? I hope I am. I hope that uh, after SummerSlam, I come on this program and I eat crow for 45 minutes while JC is just dancing a little. But the truth, <laughs> truth be told, I, I, the 30 licks for me was nice. I would expect... I want, for the rest of the time, if he is going to get a lot of offense in at SummerSlam, I want him to get more punishment. I want him to continue to get more punishment. The Honestly, to me, the best part of that entire segment, before the contract signing or after when they beat the shit out of him or the, sh- the shimmy, any, anything in between, the best part of that entire segment from beginning to end was the Seth Rollins laugh, I wish I could hit the button, and him calling Ray Papa Ray. Because now in my head, all I thought of, like, I wanted to have a Photoshop with Rey Mysterio and Papa Ray's pizza. Like, that's exactly where my head went. It was like, ha, ah, Papa Ray. <laughs> like, that was it. Because 
that to me, like, do, why, why would you let your son go in there by yourself, right? And it, like you're at home, he's like, you're probably well, bleeding. Like, I he doesn't have to say he's stuck, man. No, it's just Dominic's doing this all on Like, his own. that's the part. And by the way, I think we're bearing the lead here. You've been sitting here for weeks talking about how Rey Mysterio, sorry, uh, Seth Rollins is not the greatest wrestler of all time, or best on Raw, best on SmackDown. He's not the greatest wrestler of all time. Jeez. So, so you have you, so Danny has said this. Mr. Greenwood has said that Seth Rollins is the best part of Raw. You tell me he's not the best part of Raw. Samoa Joe puts him over as saying he's the best of a generation. Okay, yeah. So I'm curious how you're going to wiggle so your way out of this one, JC. Paid, well, that's so many. It's pretty simple with the Samoa Joe one, first of all. Um, he gets paid and was fed that line to say that because guess what? Seth Rollins in that segment, you're trying to put him over. Seth Rollins is not the best part of Raw. That's Randy Orton, first of all. Not even as a Why are we talking about this first and not Randy but Orton? Because I love this feud, and I brought it up first because you need to give your respect to Dominic for what he's doing. And this feud is fucking awesome. It's part Seth, it's part Dominic, it's everything in between. Everything about this is long term storytelling at its finest. I thought Seth on, on Twitter, I'm with him 100%. Him ripping all you fucking virgins out there being like, well, well, this storyline is no. You guys want fucking long term storytelling? This is it. This is a great example of it. That's why it means so much. There are so many factors in this feud between the, the new gimmick for Selfie and Messiah, what he's done to Ray, the long-term story, us never seeing Dominic in an actual match. like All these things put together are making this beautiful fucking pie that I cannot wait to enjoy on SummerSlam Sunday. And I'm glad it's a street fight because I think that adds to it. Obviously, we're going to get some schmods. I think it's the right move to give Dominic some protection in his debut because we're all not stupid. We know he's going to have some issues. We know he's going to have tons of growing pains. Because they literally took this kid. Like you said, he's such a fucking baby in the industry. He's going to be green as hell. They're throwing him in the deep end because of his name, because of whose kid he is, and all that. So for all these reasons, I think they're doing a great job with this. It's been an absolute home run. It is probably one of the matches, if not the match, I am most excited for it. SummerSlam. There's no ifs, ands, about it. It doesn't matter how I feel about Seth. It doesn't matter how you feel about Dominic. Together, the forces combined of everything in this feud has been fucking magical, and I am so ready for this. It sounds like you're saying Seth Rollins is the best on Raw because it's the best feud on Raw. I'm not. I just told you. For, okay, the best thing on Raw is Randy Orton. But is Orton. Randy Orton you and Drew McIntyre as good as. Hey, hey, hey. No, no, WrestleMania. Mandy and Sony is the best feud on SmackDown. Does that mean Mandy and Sony are the best wrestlers on SmackDown? No, it's a separate thing. Their feud together is the best thing. This, the Seth Dominic feud, best feud on Raw. Best thing on Raw is Randy Orton. Not even uh, after discussion. I will punch at you the next time I see you if you try. I got six months and you'll forget after that. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be on the phone. Yeah, now, exactly. Right? And, and just because I I want to start this off early in the program from now till um you know the pay per view that's coming up in the in the summer. Uh, Ray Ray has this because he knows I'm a Bret Hart guy. I have to retract what I said earlier and always say the SummerSlam. So when De- when Seth Rollins beats Dominic to a pulp at the SummerSlam, uh, we're gonna be able to enjoy it a little bit more. That's all I have to say about that. So you don't have to do it, but I will do yeah, the SummerSlam thing see. all goddamn day. I'll try to, but I'm gonna fucking forget it. But speaking of SummerSlam, the what we hope is the main event of SummerSlam, Randy Orton and McIntyre. Obviously, we had the uh, main event match between Randy Orton and KO. We knew it was gonna happen, or it was gonna beat him. It's a fine match. Love both these guys. But it's what came next, I think, that stole the headlines. Because for me, WrestleMania, this was kind of out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. Obviously, he's been, Ric Flair's been parading around with Randy Orton. Like, that's like his mentor, blah, blah, blah. But then Randy Orton just fucking unleashed on him. He brought up his dead son. He brought up everything in this promo. It was, I felt it. Like, in wrestling, sometimes you don't always feel it. But, like, this promo, like, I was just staring at the TV in absolute fucking awe because... It's just Randy Orton, the way he says it, the way he looks when he says it, his pacing, like the words that he uses, like everything about it was just like, you feel it. And you could just see it on Flair's face. Like, you know, inside it was like, holy fuck, Randy, you are killing this. But then he goes and he brings up the emotional Flair actually breaks down. And then they look like they embraced a little bit. So you're like, oh, okay, Orton's forgiven him. But in the back of your mind with Randy Orton, you're always thinking, he's the fucking Viper man. And boom, low blow. That obviously leads to a punt where the lights were going out. They kind of used the uh, thing that you, uh, the uh, power issues to uh, protect Ric Flair a little bit, which I think is obviously a great move. Uh, but I will say the only negative of this segment of WrestleMania, 
Drew McIntyre was a little late on the save, buddy. Like, uh, Randy Orton was out there for a while doing this, and you just out there later? I don't know, man. It's like he wanted Ric Flair to get beaten up. Yeah, I, that was probably one of my biggest gripes about the entire thing was that, you know, if you're the super, you know, over baby face, uh, you should probably be out there before the kick or uh, even just a little bit more of... Don't come out at all. Yeah, exactly. Or here's here's something that I would prefer, right? Like, he comes down, he goes, don't do it. Don't come down in this ring, because if you do, I'm going to fucking punt this guy in the head. And then he does it anyway. That's what you do. Because yeah. then you make, you make, you you transfer the emotional trauma from Ric Flair to Drew McIntyre. Then Drew McIntyre can come back next week, talk about how great Ric Flair is and what you did, and da-da-da-da. Like, it gives him something to talk about more, which I'm sure he's going to do on Raw anyway next week. But what it could be was, again, creating that emotional attachment from Ric Flair, who is the greatest champion of all time, that to the WWE champion that is now, who is, in my opinion, not the greatest champion of all time, uh, obviously, for obvious reasons. That's a, that's a layup. But uh, I think there's there was some detachment because his promo backstage wasn't anything great uh, this time around. And so I was. it felt like this isn't a McIntyre thing or a uh, the SummerSlam thing. It was more of a Randy Orton thing. So for me, I felt like... There was a lot of positives with it. I'm glad they didn't punt kick the poor guy in the head. I mean, I, I'm, they couldn't, but I mean, especially if he has the coronavirus and as well as the fact the guy had a fucking coma two years ago or whatever it was like, you know, you don't want to do these things. So I, I get what they had to do. They did it. You know, nobody does it better than WWE. So I get it. It's just um, I just don't think it has anything to do with the feud. It just had it was more of a building week for Randy than more than anything for me. And it, I'm OK with it. But like we talked about. It's not the best thing going for the so, feud, right? So, so the way I looked at it is, they are just—I think they're just trying to make Randy Orton like the biggest baddie there is, and that like literally he's done everything bad. He's up there, but I think they want to solidify him as this super, super bad guy because I think it just it benefits Drew more and more because he's going against like the biggest. You know what I mean? I think that's what their goal is because they know Randy Orton. Like people like me are always going to love Randy Orton because he's so fucking good. But I think they're just trying to make him so despicable so that Drew looks so milky white. So I think that was kind of the goal of like maybe like because they've obviously had the back and forth promos on each other. If they would have done that again this week, it wouldn't have like made headlines. So like what can we do to make sure that this is still thrust at the top and continue to build? So I think it was an indirect way of helping the feud. But yeah, I think next week like Drew has to come right back into the limelight, though, to get us back ready for something. I mean, what do we have? Like a week? That's the go home, right? So, I mean, we have to have something good here. Yeah, I think, they, I think it's two weeks ish. So, yeah. Well, coming. nobody said anything whether or not it's outside or inside. So, I'll be curious to see what happens at the SummerSlam. Yeah, we'll see a lot, a lot of things up in the air with SummerSlam. At we'll the SummerSlam. The SummerSlam. All right, what else you got that's since SummerSlam. you're Mr. Shine Guy? Um, well, I don't have anything else on Raw unless you want to go back to SmackDown. Sure, let's skip around. I don't care. All right, well, speaking of skipping around, this one, bear with me here because there was a lot of moving parts in this, so I'm actually going to have to rely on my notes for one. So uh, Riddle and Sheamus are having a match. Oh, Jesus. Shorty G breaks it up because of the King's Ransom. Riddle then beats up Shorty G, but then Sheamus is pissed off at Shorty G because he caught him to lose. And I really like this point because this kind of shit, this schmoz, happens in WWE all the time, but the person who loses never gets fucking mad. Sheamus was legit fucking mad, and I like that. It actually it made sense for one. So, of course, he confronts Corbin backstage. Again, really like that. Heel versus heel, I think, is always interesting when done right. I think it was here. Sheamus then later cost Corbin his match by bro-kicking Jeff Hardy, who, by the way, he always hates. So it was a two-for-one for Sheamus. That makes an impromptu match where then Riddle then cost Corbin and Sheamus wins. So, obviously, like this clearly took a lot of thought to make all this work. It also intermingled a bunch of guys that are all kind of in the same place, not fighting for titles, but kind of fighting with each other. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. But the points that I really liked was, again, people actually being mad they lost by DQ because you never see that. And that's something where if I was in that situation, I was Seamus, I would have been fucking ripped shit too, man. You had to explain an awful lot there. And uh, that's where it got. Because it was literally half the show. It was half the show. It felt like it. It felt like half the show. It was great. So here's here's my thing. Is Sheamus a baby face or not? Are we in some like weird tweener thing? No. It's one of those things that's like he was just pissed off at the at the heels because the heels fucking cost him a match. Like that's how it should be. Like it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm a bad guy. I like all bad guys. No, 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 no. Some bad guys, they fucking hate everyone. 
and Baron Corbin, everyone should fucking hate him, whether you're good or bad, unless he's paying you like he's paying Chad Gable. So it's just I thought it made perfect sense. I thought it was well done. And I'm curious to see how what they do going forward with it, because obviously now you have a lot of moving parts in these teams. The one thing that very much upset me was that we didn't get uh, old-timey fighter Sheamus. I was hoping that was a permanent fixture. And then I saw him in his regular tights, and I went, well, I don't care anymore. I don't care about Sheamus. I got excited, and that's it. Like, just j- You said last week Sheamus is one of the best things on the shows, and now you don't care about yep. him? God, flip-flop my goo No, listen, here. listen, listen, listen. Sometimes, like the wind, it changes. Just like my opinion, it changes. All right? <laughs> Fair, fair, you, uh, 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 fair weather fella is what I am. Okay, that's what I'm gonna be. A fair weather fella. Okay. I like, the, I like that Okay. A lot, yeah, I'll be a fair weather fella all day long. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. Uh, look, do you have anything else? Because I, I just want to get, uh, I want to get into the crux of this shit. Um, well, my last note is I, I like, I think Biggie just had a backstage promo. But man, every time I see him, he's so infectious. I don't want him to ever change who he is. Just be him because he still comes off as that big, powerful beast because he's huge. But his personality is so infectious. Like, I want to root for him so bad, so keep it up. Yeah, he's obviously got uh, what he's got, and I hope that they give him time. I hope they give him some type of development. I think he's got layers. Hope he just expounds upon the layers he has instead of uh, getting stripped down to for parts, essentially. You know, so we'll see what happens. Yes, sir. We'll see what happens. All right, I think it's time to get people off my television, get them off my TV, get them off my TV, get them off my TV. It's time to get heat-worthy. All right, so there's a lot to get through, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't know if we should start with uh, getting Feenster. I don't know if we should uh, get into some random uh, MVP-ish. Well, let me put it this way, not so many because I, I got my biggest heat. But I want to hear what your biggest heat of the week was first. So start there. Whatever you hated, whatever hated you and pissed you off the most. I mean, I hate a lot of things, so it's it's hard for me to. Well, what do you hate the most? Uh, what makes your blood boil the most? The most, the absolute most. I'll tell you what it is, and you're gonna you're gonna laugh your ass off. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I fucking hate retribution. Like I. Me too. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't for the life of me. I was and I, uh, listen. I'm gonna set this program up very particular because usually JC gives me the shit, but I'm gonna say it right now. It's this sometimes you have to be a size shamer because you're not gonna tell me that people under five nine are gonna be able to do whatever they want whenever they want, and people are gonna run. You're gonna tell me a cameraman that's six ten is gonna run away from little guys in masks? Come on. And like Ray Ray said it, or somebody said it. They had bats. Ooh, okay. Can I cut yeah. in here? Because I will get on your case for being a side shammer, but oh my God, I'm with you. At the end of SmackDown, when those tiny, tiny fucking ninjas came out with bats and beat up defenseless people, it was literally the least intimidating thing I've ever seen. Then we get to Raw, and the destruction they do is they throw a fucking cinder block through a glass window. Are you fucking kidding me? This is like kindergarten shit. This is not intimidating. It is fucking Bad. Like, I have no hopes for this. It's going to be hilarious if when they do, do debut this stable and they're all like 6'5", I'm going to laugh my ass off because these tiny little dorks throwing cinder blocks, ooh, I'm really shaking in my boots here, ooh, retribution. This fucking shit sucks. It was already left the Dolphin. It fucking super left the Dolphin this week. Fucking get this shit out of here. Can this storyline. Garbage. I believe the French call it garbage. Uh, but... Gabage. So, uh, look, Retribution, not a strong name. First off, not a strong name. Because in my head I went, okay, what does that mean? Well, do they all have to have a gripe? Because that would make a lot of sense, you know? And I just, I'm just not, like, first off, the thing that kind of head scratched me, thank God Ray Ray, who he is, and the man is like a WWE homer through and through. Uh, cash that check, homie. But he was, you know, during the, the, uh, the, uh, what was it? The Sonya segment, they were like, you know, John Morrison said retribution, you know, stay on raw. And I went, what? And Ray had to remind me that there was a tweet that came out earlier in the week saying their name is known as retribution, which made me go, yeah. And then, so here's, here's the problem I have more than anything else in this world. Uh, they came out with the fucking chainsaw out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, cool. A chainsaw. But then, like, the guy who operated the chainsaw looked like he had never operated a chainsaw in his entire life and was like, vroom, 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 vroom. And then he, like, went as delicate as he could to the ropes. He was like, think That's what it was. It wasn't just, like, mass hysteria flying right through the thing, like, bah! You know, like, he just went, like, think 
right through it. Like he was afraid that something was going to hurt him. You know what I mean? Like people are people that want retribution don't care about a rope snapping and hitting them. Like just fucking cut through all three and be like, ah, I'm insane. Like that would have killed. That would have been great. The other thing too is I know you want people to be like running away from them because they have bats and pipes and shit. Like I get it. But just throw one of the 45 stand-ins in there that are 6'10". Just have one of them. One of them. We won't miss them. You know what I mean? If they're if they are truly all stand-ins, what the fuck are we doing here, folks? Like, it makes me feel like they pulled out a pie that has been half baked and went, nah, good enough. You know that's that's what we're getting, and we're not sliding the pie back into an oven. So we have a shitty pie. That's what it is. Retribution is shitty pie. And I just don't like it one bit at all, 100%. I was excited because I I could have hit the detective button. I could go into who I think is in this thing. But honestly, I don't know if me hitting a button and discussing what the members are are going to be any at all entertaining because I just don't give a shit. It could be Carmella. It could be Vanessa Bourne. But do you care? Well, who gives a Do you care? No. Is it is it Tommaso Champa? No. I'm sorry. If it's Tommaso Champa, he might as well be riding in on the dolphin. That'll be it for him. Kiss him goodbye. <laughs> Anybody that's attached to this thing is gonna be a yeah. sticker kiss. Bye bye. That's it. Good night. You're done. This is this is career suicide for anybody that's involved. I'm telling you right now. I know that's uh, that's very 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 like that's very nestled things to say. But seriously, the minute that that mask comes off, you're gonna go. That's all you're going to get. It's anticipation. I get it. But the anticipation is not as important yeah, as the payoff. And the payoff for this is already making me, like, my head spin. It's just, I cannot, for the life of me, unless they find somebody that we didn't know that they signed and they signed somebody that made us go, whoa. Other than that, if you give us one giant piece and four jobbers, as, as uh, we've talked about on, on the thread, nobody's going to fucking care. You need to have, like, layers of people that are decent. Not some fucking, no no offense, guys, nameless NXT people. You need real fucking people, like real movers and yeah, shakers. This, this, the, the anticipation that we had last week, maybe if there was a little bit, like, it's gone for me now. Like, I just literally, like, don't care. And I think like, it's, just, it's just, everything about it's so bad. But the other thing working against them is you already have ninjas on the show who are wearing the exact same outfits. At least the ninja's got a giant guy. Like, Kazawa was able to find a giant guy. But Retribution couldn't. It's just like, I I have no hope for this. It is gone. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they rebound next week. But as of this recording, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, I, I think right now, JC and TJ are the trackers of the Golden Knocker Awards. To me, this might be the worst thing all year. I mean, we had a lot of stuff, but it's getting there, folks. It's getting there. So I'm just saying it's getting there. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So, look, I, there's so much more else I, I think is stupid, but I don't know if you want to fly through it or you want to discuss it. But for me, I— Well, that was that was my big one. So you just start going, and I'll stop you if I have Okay, to. Firefly, Funhouse, like— it is what it is. The Fiend, like, again, The Fiend comes out of nowhere. Everybody's excited because, oh, it's The Fiend. He shows up on SmackDown doing his thing. Alexa Bliss is in there, again, piquing my attention, whatever. But then she does the whole touches his face, and he's like, rah, like he was the beast from Beauty and the Beast. Like, no, don't look at me. I'm ugly. You know? Like, Stockholm Syndrome. I understand that, but do you fucking care? Like, everybody's like, oh, my God, she's going to become Sister Abigail. No. Oh, my God. No, fuck you. You're wrong. You're just wrong. You want to know why? It's erroneous. It's made up. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. The end. The end. It's done. That's what I get excited about for nothing. Then, so here's here's what I have an issue with, right? Like, and some people will write it off and somebody can explain it. You can explain away anything. I mean, that's what we do in this program. We over-explain and dissect and whatever. But here's the part that fucking drove me insane. Is they went weeks about talking about how important Bliss is to Braun. And then he shows up on screen and he's like, yeah, I don't care about the dumb bitch. I don't, care about, I don't care about her. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. If It, it, it would have been more sense for him uh. to say, I don't care about Alexa Bliss. And then the fiend regard, like disregards her and throws her out. That's fine. But it's just like, people are going to be like, oh, that means Braun's going to be a heel. And the fiend is going to be a baby face. It's just, stop it. Stop it. I, I wish I had newspapers so I could all bop you on the head. Stop it. It's just wrong. It's fucking wrong. All of you are wrong. Yeah, so so when they lost me on this one was that I get what they were trying to do. It just, for me, it didn't translate. They were clearly trying to show that Braun, like, 
morphs back into a monster. I don't think it's a bad guy, so to speak, but that Bray unlocks like the monster in Braun that makes him so powerful. But here's the problem with the monster in Braun. When I find it most effective is when he doesn't fucking say a, say a word. Because I love Braun, but like when he talks a lot of the time, like a little bit of that goofy comes out. So when they're doing this promo where it's literally a zoom in on his fucking mouth and he's slobbering all over the camera with his big goofy beard, like I can't take it seriously. He's saying like the scripted promo they gave him about how I'm a boss, blah, 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 you unlock. But it's just like, what would have been more effective to me is if he just popped up on screen, maybe his like beard was all out of shape, like he looked dirty. If he just looked disheveled and he didn't say a word, they just let him brood on camera and look angry. And then he just fucking like it, like he turned it off or whatever. Like that to me would have been a much more effective way to show that Braun has been quote unquote changed and Bray unlocked him than having him slobber over his promo for a few minutes. Would pretty much all he did was say, "Here at SummerSlam," and it's just like again, I love Braun, but this was not the most effective way to do this. No, I mean you know it, it's not good, not good. And I think that this is um, this is the part where. Something like The Fiend is dangerous, right? So, like, it's it, it prints money, clearly. Everybody loves it most of the time. But when somebody else gets their hands on it and somebody else tries to visualize something, then you get bullshit like this. Then you get the crap like this that you're stuck sitting through to be like, now I gotta wait for a good feud for The Fiend. Now I gotta wait for this. Now I gotta wait for that. That's the kind of shit that drives me nuts. Because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't do anything for anybody. And honestly, they're disguising it as like, oh, this is going to be great. Everybody's going to love it. No, nobody loves it. Nobody likes it. And that's that. Like, that's that's exactly how you feel about it when you're done with it. You just don't give a shit anymore. And that's that. The end. The end. You know? And I I, I don't think anybody gives a shit. Like, like you're going you're gonna to rebuild this monster. So he's a monster. So that means... Otis is going to either cash in and lose, or if Otis beats him, then what the fuck was all this for? You know, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. You're going to tell me that he has a new heart after Otis beats him? Like, come on. None of this makes any goddamn sense. It, and it's just so convoluted. It's just like, it, it, it's like piecemealed, copy-paste all over the damn place. That's exactly how I feel about it. It's just, there's nothing particular that makes me excited about this anymore, and I am done. D-O-N-E, done. I don't know if I'm that far, but this definitely put me in the wrong direction. But WrestleMania, there's a lot more crap here. I'm just going to set you up for stuff, and you can react uh, as you see sure. fit. Um, Cesaro beat a pinata in a match this week. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a thing. And uh, again, uh, we cool off the hottest tag team division in like uh, half a second. So there you go. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, let's move on from that, because that was dog shit. Uh, next up, the note I have, you noticed I didn't bring this up earlier because I thought it was awful. The uh, interview where uh, Miz and Morrison interviewed Mandy Kerr, it was a little over the top, which I get with Miz and Morrison. Like, they're always going to toe that line. But this one I thought was fucking horrible. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I felt like something they'd already done. They'd already gone to that wheelhouse kind of thing, and it's just... The sophomoric humor is good, except they're not—they're not good at prop humor. I would—I would go out on a limb and say anything with Miz and Morrison with prop humor doesn't work. But their their sparring back and forth was better. And then the fact that they changed, like they both took a swing at trying to be the hair, but they were also talking normally. It just—it yeah. was—it was executed poorly, is the best way to say it. Very, very poorly to be the to be exact. Yep. So that's that. What else you got that I can just shit all over? All right, so I'm going to jump over to Raw now. Um, Nikki James is back, but it appears she might be feuding with Lana and Natty, who, uh, you know, very bled, but the outfits were fantastic, Kelly. So I was going to give, I was so excited that Mickey James is back. She's one of my faves of all time. She's great. She's wonderful. She's the best. Yep. I, I was going to give her my comeback, and then I, they made a big deal. They put a thing out saying, Mickey James is back this week. And they put her in a segment with Lana and Natty, which means that Lana and Natty are going to go over on Mickey fucking James. Are you insane? You bring her back. You dust off that chestnut. You let her sit on the shelf for that long to bring her back with the double mint twins from TikTok. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the flying fuck out of here. Lana being like, oh my God, if you don't have a TikTok, it doesn't matter. And then Natty, like Natty is the worst because it's just like, so to me, Lana on her own could be a really good heel, except when she gets in the ring, nobody gives a shit, right? So that's one bad. Then you have Natty, who's when she's in the ring, she's decent, but anything outside of it, you're like, ugh. When she goes, ah, Natty, you know, she does her thing, whatever. Like between the two of them, they, they might form into something good, but, like, 
I know what they're trying to do, but it's just not going to be as effective because Natty doesn't commit to anything in any way in terms of a character. She's amazing in the ring. But as in terms of a character, she cannot commit. She doesn't know how to commit to a character. And Lana, yeah, she chews up scenery, but she's just not good anymore. And you can see the confidence has been shattered. So between the two of them, I just I'd have no interest in it whatsoever at all. And Mickey just Mickey just deserves better. Playing in, this should be a feud where she squashes both of them and moves on to something else. And, and it's not. It's gonna be more about those two than it is about Mickey James. You're gonna drag her through the mud again. And it's just stupid. It's fucking stupid. And I hate it. I, I don't like it. And I just, I think everybody deserves better, especially Mickey James. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah, no, I love Mickey too. She's one of the best. It's bullshit. Uh, next up, we got an eight-man tag, which I know is your favorite. And the segment ended with our truth disguised as a ninja winning back the 24-7 championship. <sighs> well, look, this is the part that drives me insane, right? So I'm just going to keep going off this shit. So you do this. And you do this really well, right? Like you have, in my opinion, you had Eric in the underground. Everybody loved it. It was wonderful. And then next week he's back to the yuck, yuck, yuck factory. Come on. Come on. Like, they're, like first off, by the way, you've buried the lead because you're usually the guy that, that spots out all the new interview or backstage ladies because, you you know, you like the new backstage ladies. That's fine. Well, it was Denny again. It was Denny again. Well, you know, you know, you don't put him over. So I don't fucking know. You know, you don't say anything. So. Well, it was the same thing. They clearly take two in a row and it's just like whatever like it, i don't know i saw it last week with the other guys and this week it was just kind of the same thing like it's not not much to add there her lines she was fucking reading off the cue cards so it wasn't her personality so pff, I don't. my favorite shit. part of this entire thing was the backstage promo where they're like they go to the well one more time where they're like he's cute you not so much yep. and they went backwards they went completely backwards to a joke that's been dead for weeks and weeks and weeks. If it was continuation right out of the fact that they did their best of seven series and she said that as like an exclamation point and the joke could die, that's fine. But when I heard that, I can just see. Get used to it. That joke's never going to No, 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 away. no, no. I know it. because I just, I, I, every time I hear that joke, it makes me think of Vince McMahon backstage beating something with like, just beating it like, like, just like, oh my God, this is the greatest fucking thing ever. Like, ah, oh, <laughs> yeah, he's ugly, isn't he? <laughs> like, it's just, it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. It makes no goddamn sense at all. And it makes no sense for anything that I've ever seen. Like, it just, and it bothered me because you were like, oh, maybe the Viking Raiders will be an underground and you can take them seriously again. And then, of course, the fact of the matter is Ricochet and uh, your boy Cedric, the sports entertainer, come in like the, the two stooges and they're like, whoop, 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 whoop. They're like, come on, man, our match is next. We, I can't even find tape. But they have enough time to sit there and talk to Demi. It was just, it made no fucking sense. You know, like the the, the, the words that were said made I no sense. If I was there, I would find enough time to talk to Demi too. My match could wait. Yeah, but so. they could have. I'm not going to hold The three of them could have left and then tried to drag Ivar away. That would have been better. That would have been way better because then at least you had a Eric. Eric would have been taken seriously, and the other two would have been taken seriously because they needed to find wrist tape and do bouncy, bouncy, pew, pew, pew things. But at least Ivar could have been the yeah. ladies' man. And if Ivar becomes the next iteration of you know Val Venus, then so be it, I guess. But whatever. I mean, oh, you know. Boy. Oh boy, Vince McMahon! Don't do, don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that! Uh, no, but look, I, I'm not excited about that either. It, although the bullshit of it all is just stupid. It's fucking everything is stupid. Ready? Anything else? Set me up. I'll spike it. Uh, what, well, what are your thoughts on Raw Underground this week? Because to me, when I watched this, like this week, it was fine. It was pretty much like a. I felt like a bump out to break or a bump in from break. Like with like Vinick Moss beating people up, that big goon beating people up again. But literally, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay. So people who love Raw Underground this much, they must just be UFC fans because this is literally just a knockoff ghetto version of actual UFC fights. It's like ground and pound, striking, like that. It's just, it's more UFC than like WWE. So it's just, it's like if you're like enjoying Raw Underground, like it looks like a UFC fight. Like that's what it is. They're like treating it exactly like that. It's just obviously not UFC fighters pretending that they are with a bunch of fucking Jim Oaks around. Right. And so for me, I just look at it like this, right? Like I enjoyed it last week. It piqued my interest. It was something different. It gave somebody some meaning. Riddick Moss, who's been, you know, never around. I mean, it, it did make me nervous because I was like, wait a minute. If Riddick Moss is there, does that mean Mojo Raleigh is going to be there? You know, like... <laughs> I forgot Mojo existed. <laughs> like, that that was one of my things. I'm like, oh, God, is he going to fucking try to do something with Mojo Raleigh in the underground? Like, how tough could Mojo be in the, the fucking underground? Give me a goddamn break, right? But... Uh, you know, you know, you know what I, you know what I think about sometimes, and this is probably going to make you laugh. I think all of the Nestle cursed people are going to show up on the underground, and it's going to give me a false hope of like, hey, 
I like this guy. Alex is black next to me. I like this guy. I like this guy. He's got stuff. I like this woman. She's got stuff. And then it's all of a sudden like, doom. You just see a big stamp over their fucking head. You know, cursed. That's exactly what it is. Come to the underground where you get a second <laughs> chance to make Nestle feel like he knows nothing. Boom. Cursed. You know. Uh, but look, Riddick Moss tearing off his shirt, does his thing, whatever. It is what it is. Parts of it were good with Baba Kato. Like, I enjoy him doing his thing. Everybody keeps, you know, insinuating. Like, like look, they I don't think they did the, the dancing ladies this time around. So they got rid of that, it seemed. They did. They can So I yeah. think they realized that they should probably respect women now. So that's nice. Uh, but again, parts of it were decent. And, and so see, the part that, that drove me fucking bananas and they fucking, I, I know they taped it differently, I'm sure, in different parts. But again, continuity is king, in my opinion. And you're creating content here, continuity, especially in wrestling, and they get away with it so much and they nobody holds them to the fire. Except on this program, folks. We hold their feet to the fire. At the beginning, uh, sorry, at the end of last week, the Hurt Business was there saying, business is booming and we're taking over the underground. But yet this week, nowhere to be found. Not at all. Nowhere near at all. Not even a sniff. Not even a Bobby Lee, Bobby Lashley full Nelson or a Ced. Sorry, I was gonna say Cedric. A Shelton Benjamin beating of somebody. MVP just taking the mic away from Shane. Anything, anything at all, folks. Like just, ugh. Like just anything would have had any continuity here. And I, I saw it on Twitter. A lot of people were pissed. It was like, okay, the hurt business. It's fine. But now we're going backwards into a feud with. Apollo Crews that could have been ended and it's just like I'll see you at the SummerSlam okay great why couldn't that have happened you know beforehand fuck you go to the fucking go to the raw underground and do shit <laughs> like it just it makes no sense not at all not in one thing you can't tell me yeah. on this program it's gonna make any sense anymore they don't care they just don't fucking care and it shows no, it, just, it was that was weird because it is it's like that was my problem with having this MVP Apollo feud continue it's just like okay like of the three guys there, MVP is the last guy I want to see wrestle, never mind for a title, and we've already seen it. So it was like, I love everything about the Hurt Business. They've been one of my favorite parts of Raw for months now. But, like, we're just treading water. And last week, it was like, okay, they popped in the underground. They look like badasses. But, yeah, you're right. They just, they have nothing to do with it this week. It's not even mentioned after they said they run it. And then we're just back to, like, VIP Lounge and fighting with Apollo Crews. Who, by the way, Apollo looks great. He looks great with that title. Like, he's doing a good job, but it's just, like, I'd rather see him fight Bobby Lashley. And granted, that means he might lose, but I'm more here for an Apollo-Bobby Lashley feud than an Apollo-MVP feud. I have no hopes. No hopes. No hopes for that. Just saying. That's all. What else? Yeah. Um, there's other shit that happened, but I don't really care. I guess the one thing we have is uh, Bailey and Sasha. I did enjoy their suck-up routine on SmackDown with Steph. Um, but she announced that we're going to have a triple-brand battle royal to determine the SmackDown women's number one contenders. So um, is this just a way for them to make Naomi look good, or are they going to pull someone from NXT and Raw and have them fight Bailey at the summer? Oh, time? man. You know, I would hope. I'm not going to say this is my hope, but I hope they Lex Luger, Bret Hart at where there's two people. You know what I mean? That way Bailey has to have a triple threat because the only thing you're doing in this thing is you're basically showing 30 or however many people that you have in that battle royal and, like, four people matter. You know, and that you basically have done that already. And I think this is the, the part that I would harp on the most. Bailey and Sasha on their end have done everything perfectly. And but the problem is, is that yeah. they've been so good. They're like they just load everything on them. They're like, oh, OK, we'll give them all the belts. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll put them in multi segments. They'll do this. They'll do that. And they've done everything to achieve. They've been wonderful on their end. But now we've run into the issue of now what? Right. We've no, we've run into the issue of who do they fight? Do they fight? Yeah. They've got no challengers. Nobody looks good against them. We've gotten to a point of like they're so amazing that, you know, whatever. It's great. Like yeah, everybody can say, yes, on Raw, Oscar tapped out Bailey. But that doesn't matter because she's not facing Bailey. And you can you can have that happen. I understand that. But I think I'm at a point where like Oscar to me is just she's back to where she was and she's not special again. She's just a generic person that they've put in the Raw Women's Championship picture that nobody cares about anymore. And I'm sure I'm on my own island. But again, Sasha Banks is, is kind of like, is she going to beat her? Yeah, probably. But if she's not, do you really care? You know, you want this to continue. But well, that's the know. thing is um, Sasha Sasha's pay-per-view streak, I believe, is on the line, hasn't she? Never successfully defended on a pay per view. So yeah, exactly. So that that is an interesting storyline. It's just like with Oscar, it's just like feels like she should beat her. Honestly, you might hate me for saying this, but you know who they need right now, especially to go against Sasha on Raw. They need fucking Charlotte, man. They need a legit person to come in and fight. Maybe if someone like a Rhea Ripley wins the battle royal and fights Bailey, but I just feel like that might be too soon to like pull the trigger on that. But. 
they need they need they need up pressure on Hill because I'm sorry, like Naomi Bailey, that's a fine feud, but I just it doesn't it doesn't move the needle. They me. have nobody on Raw or SmackDown now. Nobody. Yeah. They, they need Charlotte. They need they Charlotte. Need, they need, they need Nia they need Jax. Someone. You know, she's great. Uh, you know, she's just wonderful. Oh boy. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. We can we can pop on that. No, one. but look, there's there's a lot of things that just it's not their fault. It's just it's just the writing and, and who they have to available yeah. to them. It's just it's they just they don't hide things, and if they do hide things, they hide them poorly. And it's just okay. Battle Royal piques my interest because they, like they're not going to have entrance like a Royal Rumble. They're just everybody's going to be stacked in there, and then of course they'll show two entrances and start the matches they normally do. But again, you're I don't know Battle Royals to me, man. They're always about two or three, maybe four people that you care about and the rest of them are just throwaway combatants excuse me competitors um and it's just hard it's just really 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 hard to give a shit about stuff especially when you load up all the championships on somebody there's now it's just like okay so sasha has to lose her championship in order to face bailey at some point so she can become a baby face you'd think but it's just I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. And if they turn, I think they're honestly. I think at this point they're saving that for a crowd. I think that's more WrestleMania plans now. That just because it just feels like I think the way they look at it is Sasha and Bailey are doing such a great job in all the shows that feels with no crowd. Like have that moment happen when they can hopefully have crowds again. Which who knows if that's even in the near future or even towards the end of the year or early next year. But I think that's kind of what. At this point, at least for now, I think that they're holding that card in their back. We pocket. need a shot in the arm. We need something in both women's divisions. We need somebody or something to be just because they can't. They can't beat themselves. You know, they gotta. They, yeah, they gotta no, have a true. dance partner. So I just, it's yeah. tough. It's really, 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 really tough. And they're not developing uh, enough at a fast enough pace. And I know where you know people are like, oh, long storm tour. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm, we'll all eat it up when they beat each other up. But until uh, we get there, we're just sitting here like. Do, do, do. You know, like, we're just waiting. We're just waiting for the fucking bus to arrive. You know, that's it. So, anything else? Well, the way I look at it is anything else is there is shit, and it's not worth our words, so I say we get hopeful. All right, would you like to get hopeful? Go ahead. Glorious! You are my only hope. Okay, WrestleMania. Ready for my I hope? I am. I was doing some thinking, and I was watching SmackDown, and I was like, you know what I would like to see? I'm looking at some of the things going on, and I'm thinking post-SummerSlam, because... You know, after you come off a big pay-per-view, you need a kind of something to jolt me on, something to look forward to. And you know what could help with our post-the SummerSlam malaise? The return of the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, Corbin's held that moniker for a while. Uh, it's been kind of insane. Obviously, he's still going strong with it. But here's the caveat of this King of the Ring tournament that I have coming after SummerSlam. Since Corbin is still saying he's that, maybe um, they kind of do it to piss him off, but... The thing is, is he gets to buy all the way to the finals. So there's a bracket, obviously, of eight guys or whatever you want to do. But whoever makes it to the finals is facing King Corbin for the actual title of King of the Ring. And this would obviously piss off Corbin because he could lose it. Well, one of the guys in this little field of King of the Ring, because obviously we'll always have good matches. These are always fun. People love tournaments. I think it'd be a good time. It'd be a chance for some other people to shine. Last year's finals, I believe, what was not WrestleMania? It was King Corbin versus Chad Gable. And King Corbin won. But this time, how, you know, obviously Chad Gable's like his henchman. What if Chad Gable makes it through and makes it to the finals against Corbin and beats Corbin this time to become King Gable? I think it would be a nice, refreshing uh, reset here for Corbin to kind of move on from this gimmick, which I think he's done great with it, but I think everything must come to an end at some point. And I think this would elevate Gable a lot to being like, okay, we got to take this guy seriously now. And I think it would give him an opportunity to grow as a performer and do something a little different because obviously we've seen him as a shorty G. We've seen him as Chad Gable. So, King Gable, I'd be all for. That's my hope. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC hopes come true. You had me until you said Gable because all I thought about was King Gable. All I thought about was King of the Bros. That to me would have been so much more fun. And I think it would have pissed off Corbin that much more. You almost had it, in my opinion. In my opinion, you almost had it. It's a great idea. It is. I'm just. I'm looking. I'm looking more long term with the storyline because I think Riddle's just going to beat Corbin at SummerSlam, and that'll be it with that. Whereas like Gable might be connected to Corbin a little bit, and this would be a nice way to kind of build them back. Because we, I think people forget the banners of the matches these two had last year. I wouldn't mind running it back. That's fine. It's again. It's your hope. That's what you want, and that's fine. My hope. What's my hope is uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? No, uh, who who poisoned Montez Ford, right? So 
everybody's oh, everybody's boy. sitting there vom- well he he vomited or probably backstage and I'm vomiting just think about it but uh it's vomiting. vomiting exactly uh all over this thing Blah! but uh you know I thought to myself well it can't be retribution because they keep dragging the fucking question through the mud so there has to be a payoff now because saying five tiny tykes you know made a uh, you know poor montez vomit doesn't make shit to me you know like it's not good uh but having <laughs> having uh having a culprit would be great having zelina by the way i don't know if you saw the, the uh, video from zelina's twitch where bianca Belair beat her up on her own video game uh twitch channel that was pretty awesome it was good it was it's good good, good yep. little things here and there but what i thought about was twofold right was one Clearly, it has to be somebody, and they keep saying Zelina. It's not her. It's not her. She had a shitty match, by the way. Belair and and Zelina had one of the worst matches I've seen in a long time the other night. Uh, but again, they tried, and it's fine. Editing couldn't fix it. You know, not a, not a white flash in the sight, but that's okay. Uh, but they they fight, they fight, they fight, and and nothing happens. And of course, she says, you know, I'm still not. I'm not the culprit. I'm not the culprit. What I think could potentially happen here is, I believe. That it is either Zelina just maybe, you know, knows something eventually and reveals that she might find out who it was. But Montez Ford, in my opinion, was poisoned by the combination of Dawkins and Belair. And I think they're going... Yeah, 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 go with me, go with me, go with me. All right. Montez Ford is going to be fucking great on his own, right? We know that Dawkins is going to be you know, somewhere after they do their thing, right? Belair said in her promo, we handle our business separately. We handle our business separately is what she said. And I think having Belair speak for Dawkins or be part of Dawkins, you can find something there where Dawkins is, you know, upset with him or whatever, all that shit, and you put them together so they're, they're kind of pissed off, and then you have that feud where it's like, dude, my wife is backing you, not me. You can do something with it. I think they'll probably find something better to do, but I think it would be interesting to me because, again, this that Jerry Springer-ish thing that Raw could do, and I think having Montez Ford show a little bit more of that star quality would be amazing. Because again, the street profits do print money, and I I I don't necessarily see that the the uh, the, the poisoning thing is going to happen. But having a payoff like Angel Garza or the you know any of the Zelinas or, or Zelina boys or whatever you want to say, it doesn't mean anything, right? So having nobody else attached to Montez Ford except his wife and his best friend, I think maybe they poisoned him together for some random reason, and it's just. Then Montez Ford gets to do his own thing, and he gets to fight his best friend, and you know he gets to spar against his wife. I think it could be very interesting because you wouldn't see it coming, and I think they're gonna do something with it. I really do, and I'd be I would pique my interest because the street profits are great, uh, but I do think that eventually they're gonna break up, and we know who's gonna be Marty Jannetty. So I think sometimes you get to put a little bit more stock in a Marty Jannetty. Which, by the way, we're not gonna mention whatever the hell Marty Jannetty just did this week. So it's fucking weird. Yeah, so my issue with this is that I do agree long-term. I think Montez is going to have a great singles career, but I don't really think the time is now because if they do it, they pull him out there, then he's just in, once he gets through Dawkins, he's just in a jumbled mess with all of them and rods down their best tag team. So I think right now there's more work for the Street Fox. It'd definitely, it'd definitely be interesting if that happened. I would be for sure intrigued. I just, I don't know. I think we're going to be really let down with this poison. There probably is going to be a little uh, fucking little uh, band of uh, fairy godmothers running around there in their little uh, ninja suits. So. I hope not. I hope it's not. But, yeah, I hope not either. I hope it's actually like a real tag team. But uh, let's leave it here. Today. Don't call it a comeback. You've been there for years. You mentioned your name. Mine goes, I'm on my own. I think so well, Bianca Belair. And it's mainly because it's great to see her back in the ring, whether the match is good or not. She picked up a dub because... She did that promo after WrestleMania where I go here now, I go here now, but then she wasn't here, like, ever. She's made some appearances here and there. I thought the thing on the Twitch channel with Zelina was great. Um, I think there's a lot of potential with Belair because I think she can get you to the match. Whether she delivers in the match, I think, is always going to be hit or miss because of her powerful style. Like, there's just, I think there's just going to be more botches with it because she's not, like, the pure technical. She's more of the strength, which in the women's division, that sometimes there's not, it doesn't always work as well. But... I was thinking here when we were talking about the Battle Royal, I'm like, what's a quick way to elevate Bianca? Have her win that fucking Battle Royal. Have her challenge Bailey. Hopefully they can go have a really good match at SummerSlam. It kind of, Bianca maybe comes up short, so as a baby face, it kind of builds some momentum for her, but also gives Bailey a big win. It puts the shine on someone else, and then she can go back to Raw and do her business. 
so eventually someday she can once again challenge for the title. So there you go. There's a mini hope. I think Bianca Belair would be a good choice to win that battle royal. All right, then. My hope this week is uh, going to Raw Underground. No, I'm just kidding. It's specifically Shayna Baszler, because when she got up and uh, <coughs> Baba Kato's face, I was like, ooh, this is good. And I wanted them to yeah, fight. Yeah, I, I want Shayna to kick his ass. I was just sitting there going, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, they fed her three women that she just absolutely obliterated. But that's what she needs. She need, The Raw Underground was made for people like her who don't have a fancy wrestling finesse style that just pick up our people and beat them up. That's what I want. I want... Her in the raw underground just beating people up. So they took what I asked because last week it was all dudes. They made it more women related. I love it. I thought it was great. And I'm super excited because, again, you put Shayna in there. She does decent promos. Her wrestling in the ring isn't that great. But if she held her own in the underground, I could see her doing things very much that are pretty decent and pretty cool. So that's that. I'm excited for her. She gets my comeback. Hopefully we see more of Shayna Baszler doing those things because in the ring, in the WWE ring, as we've talked about, whether it's NXT TakeOver or Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So, that's my comeback. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. I mean, putting Shayna in that UFC atmosphere I think is always good for her. I think, like we've talked about in the past, how putting her in opportunities to make her show off, you know, why she is such a great fighter is good. But, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm still, I'm very stagnant with the underground because right now it just kind of felt like background noise to kind of get you in and out of breaks awkwardly and make former 24 seven champions look strong. So I don't know if Riddick Moss could ever look strong, but yeah. Okay. I mean, Riddick Moss does look strong. He's fucking shredded. He looks like a fucking beast, but then again, he's beating up me in the raw underground. So have him fight Baba Ganoush. Or it's not Baba Ganoush. It's Baba. I don't know. Is it, no, it's Baba Kato or whatever. They took two names. Yeah, that guy. Have him fight your your boy Arturo Ruras or whatever. He like yeah, that too. dude's Have a these beast. Guys fight each other. I'm sick of these fucking put some real matches in the underground. I'm sick of the job. By the way, Let's by the go. way, TJ was giving me shit. He was like, he's not one of the five in the thing. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. Yeah, no shit. Cause look at how big he is. I don't know. Everyone's a small guy. This, this probably Tazawa and the ninjas are probably actually retribution too. They probably just got confused and thought that was our truth house. <laughs> I don't know. It's bad, man. It's just like that. I was so happy when I heard you say that you hated Retribution because all I could think about watching last night is just like, this is a fucking joke. How, like, this is a joke, man. Uh, it just seems like they, they just fucking, like I said, it's a half-baked pie, man, and they just didn't think it all the way through. And if it is true, like as the Dirty Sheets say, like if they're just standing, it's like that makes it even worse. It's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious when like they call the sudden reveal comes and you have like Dijakovic there who's like six foot five and <laughs> these fucking monsters. It's like wait a minute, who are all these fucking uh, little little minions running around? Literally, Dark Order two point bro. You know what I think of Dark Order? Shit. The only good thing going for Dark Order is they got Anna J. Only good thing going because they suck too. Well, that's pretty much interesting. That's like, that we get to a we yeah. get to a segue right into the big finish. If you want to talk anything AEW or you want to talk anything NXT <laughs> or anything else that's happening in the programs. Um, I'm not super hot on a lot of stuff this week. I, there's always, when I watch, I watch the Wednesday shows now for pure enjoyment. That's the nice thing about not having to talk about them is you get to more enjoy it. So like, I, I mean, the debate as silly as it was, I actually, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, the Jericho Cassidy debate. Um, I'm liking that MJF is finally fighting for a title, but my negatives with AW remain that like, I love the fact that they keep fucking ranking. But they never fucking follow them because why is the number five guy fighting Mox? Thank you. That's always going to bother Thank me. You. I like love the ratings. I love that they have them, and I think that's still better than what WWE does because at least they're tracking stuff. Where WWE, you win or you lose, it doesn't matter. But the fact that they don't follow it, it's just it's tough. So it's just not all the way there. Um, NXT, NXT has its moments too. I just there's not a lot that I'm really like super hot on right now. I didn't get a chance to watch anything NXT. I read the articles on Jabberknocker.com. So thank you, TJ, for all your hard work. I also I, I got a chance. The Joe Stopper does amazing work as well on the Jabberknocker.com uh, for your AEW needs and wants. Uh, but the, the, I did watch AEW portions because I had to be up early uh, taking care of children, obviously. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'll pop it on because everybody's popping for the Orange Cassidy thing. I enjoyed it. Bischoff coming back. It's cute that everybody thinks it's going to be a one-off because I don't think it's going to be a one-off, especially since the TNT link is – I just – and the listening to Tony Khan and him uh, pat each other on the back on the podcast for two hours, I just – I just, it just smell like if, you know, if it looks like a, if it looks like a pig, it acts like a pig, it's a pig, right? So it's just, it's gonna, 
Eric Bischoff is going to be somehow connected to AEW at some point, somehow, some way. But Orange Cassidy is going to maybe. I, I just I thought it worked for this week, right. so I thought it worked. Orange, well, Jericho and Bischoff thing, I thought. Yeah, good. it is true. And Orange Cassidy, uh, you know, he's doing he he's getting layers to him, you know, and that's wonderful. He's talked. That's great. Uh, he made the match important, so he clearly has to win one way or another this week. Otherwise, if he loses again, then it's like you know. What else can we do with him? So I expect him to win. I expect him to win by some type of chicanery so Jericho can throw another hissy fit, which he's amazing at anyway. Um, and, and Jericho knows when to put somebody over. So I, I would be I would be shocked if Jericho wins. If it is, it has to be by some crazy amount of run-in. Uh, but it, it is something that I'm looking forward to. I don't necessarily care about anything, I think, else related in AEW at this point. I feel like it's just it's atrocious when I watch it, and I should care, but I don't. Too much Dark Order. Too much Dark Order. There's not, I mean, oh. there's so much, like, I, when I saw an eight-man tag, I went, you can't tell me that I'm going to give, I fast-forwarded, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Kenny Omega, oh my God, he's wonderful. Same. Like, Same. I Same. just, I can't do it. And, you know, with NXT, I'm sure there's other things going on, but it's just like, I just don't know if it's going to pique my interest enough to care. Like, I just, I don't. Well, I'm, I like, I've been super excited for this Lee Cross feud, but I don't feel like they haven't really done much with it. It just, it's the same stuff. Scarlett just shows up and whatever. And it's like, as much as I love both sides of it, it's just, I don't think they've been enough to grab me. The best part of NXT right now is fucking Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. That shit's great. I love it. It's a true feud. Well, I don't know what the match is going to be like, but they fucking have me. I'm intrigued. That's the best part of NXT right now. It's not close. Well, if you go to the Pat McAfee show, free plug for them uh, on Facebook, there's a video of Pat McAfee <laughs> uh, training in a ring. I expect I, I expect it. all flips, dips, and all that shit. Like, he is... He is going to be doing something. It's crazy. He's an, he's a piece of for for a guy who was a punter in the NFL. Like I, I think I sent you guys like some of his like his best hits. But he was always the guy. He was he's very athletic for a punter. So if anyone can do it, that was like a punter of him. And he obviously we know the dude can talk. And Adam Cole clearly is all about this. This is why this is why I actually really like it too. Because when you have a guy coming off a champion losing the championship, it's kind of like Jericho did the same thing. He moved to like Orange Cassidy and stuff. It's like. Where do you go if you're not challenging for the title? You know, you, you just go into regular feuds and fall down. No, I think that's the spot where you can go and grab a celebrity and do something like this. Because for Adam Cole, he's going to get more exposure in this feud than he ever did as the longest reign NXT champion. So this is a no-brainer for him, too. Even if he does have to take the L, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Because uh, most people, especially on the internet, they know Pat McAfee. He's all over Barstool and that shit, too. So people are now going to know the name Adam Cole, and they're going to recognize him. This is a great thing for Cole, too. So even if he loses... Don't be mad, people. This is a great opportunity for Adam Cole, too. I wouldn't be... I mean, obviously, we know celebrities usually don't lose, but I would I would be remiss to say, I think Pat McAfee loves the business so much he'd take an L. Like, I I don't think he will. Unfortunately, it might not be up to him. I think I, I, think I agree with you, but it's not always up to them. No, I know. But I, I, I think the guy loves the business enough to be like, you know what? I don't care. Like, I can I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I can say, I you know... But the fact that it was like the video actually says uh, somewhere in the video, he goes, Adam Cole has 12 days to have an excuse for why a guy in the NFL is going to beat him. And I was like, see, that's good. That's it. great. Love and it. I was like, that, that right there, that, that, that's good stuff. That you know, There's meat on the bone there, folks. So, you know, it is what it is. Yep. So, again, we will see what happens. I don't know if they've officially announced Cross and, and Lee for the, the takeover. If they haven't, I don't think they will. They might just wait. So, I, I don't know. They haven't officially announced it, but I think it was more because William Regal was butthurt that uh, Keith Lee was trying to book his own match and he cut like a whiny promo like, you don't make the matches, I do. So I think it will be made, but it's just they're just delaying it because, you know, William Regal's going to get his TV time too. So. All right. Do you have anything else or would you like to wrap up the show? Um, but yeah, um, no, it's time to wrap it up because there's one thing we got to talk about and that is, I don't know if you guys have been reading jobandauthor.com, but you should be because... Since the SummerSlam cannot take place in Boston this year, we lost the pay-per-view. We had a lot of fun things planned. I was going to try to go to all four events, but it's obviously not happening because of uh, Corona. Uh, but our boy, at Ray Ray of the JK, has started a blog series on JobAndOffer.com called Match State Memories. Four of them, I repeat, four of them are already out and available for your reading. One of them came out Tuesday morning. I believe number five will come Thursday. We're trying to pump them out two days if Ray can keep up because he started to get busy too, but they're great reads. Great trips down some of the better pay-per-views on uh, memory lane. So, yeah, you have to go to jobwinoffer.com and check those he out. He does a wonderful job. He's going through every mass pay-per-view that has happened in the state. And it, it, it's, it's interesting to see the uh, the, the correlation because I think he's been there for most of them. Uh, and, and just 
getting the memories of it is pretty cool. Even whether he watched it, whether he was there, whatever. So it's a lot of fun, and Ray does a lot. When he's inspired, Ray, uh, nobody moves mountains like Ray Ray. So, uh, But uh, also check out you know all the amazing links on the podcast as well. But make sure you check out the NXT articles with TJ, as well as the Joe Stopper doing AEW, because there's amazing things happen over on JobberNarker.com. Absolutely. And obviously, we are on iTunes, Anchor, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Five Stars, Five Flames, Like, Download, Tell Your Friends. We greatly appreciate it. Twitter at JobBenOcker at Nephilimania, at JC of the JK, at YouTube of the JK, at Rarely of the JK, at Billy D2411, at Joe Pollock 47 at TJ of the JK, at The Real Deal B. Cox, Facebook JobBenOcker, Instagram JobBenOcker, because we are everywhere you want to be on social media. That's simple. That's wonderful, folks. That's wonderful. And we will be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. Yeah.